if you're looking for a miracle. I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. Every time I spoke of what I've been through, I was always kind of vague, given the highlights and glossing over the details, not really elaborating on what God has done for me. But what good is God working a miracle in your life if you just keep it to yourself? Everyone is looking to the Bible to find stories of blessings and miracles, but I'm sitting here holding it all in, afraid to tell the world. Maybe it's for fear of scrutiny or being questioned, or maybe it's the fear of the attention and having to tell the story over and over again. One thing for certain is as sure as I can speak and think clearly, walk unassisted, jump, or just wave my hands to say thank you. <laughs> Let me back up and give the background because someone listening is looking for a miracle. Life had finally started to smooth out for me. I had a steady job working on special projects and excelling with the arrow only pointing up from there. I was newly engaged in planning our wedding. Through all my struggles and being on my own for the bulk of 22 years, I had finally turned the corner. I started planning for my future and executing the plan, and honestly, it had very little God in it. It was all about what I had accomplished. Then February 14, 2018 happened, and I would never be the same. I woke up paralyzed. Literally, I couldn't move anything. My mind was sending the messages, but my arms and legs felt too heavy to move. The more I asked them to move, the more the pain would grow. And all I could do was call on my wife with tears in my eyes. I said, I can't move. We both panicked. She told me to quit trying to move. And does she need to call 911? But me being the strong-willed man I am said, no, just give me some Tylenol PM and let me go back to sleep for a little while. I went to sleep for about two hours and then I woke up feeling a little relief. I could move, but my body was considerably weak. I had a wooden stick my brother-in-law had carved for me, for show. That ended up being my first of many walking canes. I was able to get up and out the house as we went to watch our daughter get on the school bus. But after coming in, I spoke with my wife and mother-in-law and decided I would go to the hospital. At the time, I thought it'd be a lost cause other than they would uh, keep me for a few hours and then send me home with a flu diagnosis, even though I would test negative and take me out of work for a few days. I'd be home in time to take her out for Valentine's Day dinner. Not this time. I would start a downward spiral that was so out of control the next few years would feel like a blur. I stayed in the hospital for about four days and then out for two or three only to go back for a week. The doctors couldn't figure out what was going on with me. Everyone had theories but no test would come back definitive enough to say what was going on. I was in so much pain at this point that I couldn't walk. 
confined to a wheelchair, and on my best days, I could use a walker to get around. My brain was in a frying pan, constantly fighting with the struggle of 24-7 pain, nonstop, not even a five-minute break to collect my breath. I could hear every sound. Someone opening a wrapper across the room or eating food, breathing would sound like they were doing it into a microphone right next to my ears. I could snap at any moment. The pain in my head at the hint of a sound is something I could never put into words. I didn't know what to do. I kept trying to train my mind to change my pain threshold, but it seemed like the more room I created, the more space the pain had to expand. What I could do for myself was limited by weakness, compounded by the pain. If I did anything too many times, that limb or whatever body part I was using would get too heavy to move and I would be stuck like the tin man running out of oil. I had to pick and choose when to bathe, when to go to the bathroom, when to eat, drink, get up, sit down, lay down, or even think. I was trapped in my own body and everything but my mind was taken away from me. There was no set amount of anything I could do to know the triggers. Just whenever my body got tired, it was essentially over for me. It wasn't long before my mind would follow. I always prided myself on having the strongest mind, the strongest will. I could will my way into doing many things beyond the limits of my body. I was not letting my mind go without a fight but it was a very rugged confrontation. Daily, almost hourly, I felt my mind slipping away. I was sent to Vanderbilt Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee, and they gave up on me. Tests showed something was going on, but nothing conclusive. They sent me to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and they eventually diagnosed me with the life sentence of Central Sensitivity Syndrome. It was basically a combination of 13 things that all on their own could not be figured out. But collectively, it's an attack on your body from every angle with no end in sight. Hopefully you can win some battles and narrow it down to bad and worse days. I was at a point where I hoped for somewhere in between, but found myself always on the worst end. Basically, I'm told among things like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, PTSD, my central nervous system is a wreck and has my brain receiving all kinds of mixed signals. It's why to slide just a sheet over my legs feels like I'm in an episode of the Flintstones and slid a sheet of concrete over me. Needless to say, I was lost, confused, defeated, and would have given anything to get rid of that pain. Well, almost anything. I admit, I didn't know what to do. I knew from everything I learned to my core, God was the answer. But I never felt like he had the patience to hear my prayer because I would always ask and make promises only to go back and do whatever it was I wanted to do at the time. I started reaching out and asking everybody to pray with and for me. I went to church and went down to the altar or stood in the prayer line, 
hoping to feel something or hear a word that God was going to heal me. I did everything but talk to God myself for myself. I just kept on suffering long after my last trip to the Mayo Clinic. As they described it, I had severe everything. So everything was the worst. If you're looking for a miracle, just look around. You can look up and you can look down. <laughs> I'm sure you will marvel at the birds flying through the air, the details in the trees and plants you see, the way the sand slides through your feet on the beach, the animals of the sea, and even the dynamic makeup of the human body. We can look everywhere. Feel everything like the air that you breathe and know that nobody but God. <laughs> I have witnessed the many miracles of God with my own eyes. I watched as my father laid in the bed and the doctors gave up on him. But God, God had other plans. I remember passing out on the interstate and slamming into a concrete barrier with my family in tow. But God. We all walked out scratch free. I see all the wonders of the world, what we call nature, and I see the miracles of God. I needed a miracle. I decided that turning to all these people to pray for me and not even attempting to establish a relationship with God was a grave mistake. After all, I know who God is. I know what he can do. I'd seen it firsthand. Why am I sitting here getting frustrated because the prayer of others for me seemed to be going up, but no miracle, no blessing, not even the mist of healing was falling down. God was waiting. Just saying that makes me thankful for a patient God, but God was waiting for me, not a pastor or minister, my mother or aunt, cousin or even friend god was waiting on me to come to him as myself for myself by myself one saturday night i decided i was tired of being the same as i was i took my son's home and on the ride back all i could think about was how my biggest dream was to be able to teach my kids to be the best at whatever they wanted to do I couldn't physically participate in anything. I had to miss things, disappear. I didn't have the patience to be the father I really wanted to be. For three years, I had been missing from society, but most importantly, missing from my family. I got home, I looked at my wife and my two babies and it brought tears to my eyes. Not the kind that just dripped, the kind that never stopped. It just kept coming faster and faster until I had no hope of stopping. I felt like a failure. The one thing I never wanted to accept in life, no matter how many times I fell, I knew I would get up. Not this time. I didn't see my way up. I finally admitted to myself I needed help. No way I could even attempt to do this on my own anymore. I sat in the chair in the corner of the room and just started praying, crying out to God. 
I can remember promising God if he would just take the pain away and allow me to be able to get around better, I would turn my life completely over to him. I would walk into my destiny the way he intended for me to do a long time ago. I begged, I pleaded, God just take my pain away and the doctors will be able to figure out what really is going on. No way my babies only know me as the father in a wheelchair or using a walker instead of so many things I've been before and can add to their lives. Please God, I surrender. As I sat there not knowing what to expect, not knowing when I would get an answer or who he would send it through, would I go to the doctor and he say, I no longer see anything? Would I wake up the next morning and feel brand new? Would my prayer and promise go to a God that's disappointed in me? And perhaps this is my punishment for years of disobedience. Many a doubt crept in, but not this time. I was not going to allow me to block my own blessing. I prayed for help in erasing my doubt. In the midst of my tears, I heard my name being called. It scared me, honestly, but I listened. The voice told me to get up and march. Looking back, I'm surprised, but I got up without hesitation and started marching. I knew I wouldn't last long or be able to pick up my legs too high, but I was not going to block my own blessing. I kept marching. My feet could barely get off the ground and the pain in my thighs was excruciating, but I kept on marching. I started hollering out in pain because it felt like my legs were going to fall completely off, but I kept on marching. The whole time he's talking to me, telling me to keep marching through the pain. He has work for me to do and was just waiting on me. It got to the point where all I could lift off the floor was my heels, probably an inch off the ground, if not a millimeter. Quit before you hurt yourself worse than you've ever been. Kept bouncing around in my head, but I kept on marching. With all the screaming and pain, my wife woke up. But what she would tell me later she saw was me having a conversation with someone and she didn't want to react and stop me. So she just watched as I kept on marching. Eventually my legs started feeling a little lighter and I could get more than my heel off the ground. I kept on marching. Then my knees started bending a little more as my feet came higher off the ground and I kept on marching. I started telling God the man I was going to be. I started praising him as I could feel the relief from the pain. As I kept on marching, now pain-free, I can raise my arms and tell him thank you. I started praising God and thanking him, proclaiming my miracle. I had to tell someone. I had to tell everyone. I called my sister at 2 a.m. to share the good news. Everyone I would walk past in the next coming days that noticed my smile, I'd tell them, of the miracle of God and what he did for me. I told anyone that would listen where I was and how I overcame. People that knew my struggle would see me and say, wow, you look good. And I'd say, let me tell you about God. I had to share the good news.
It's been a year and a half and that blessing, that miracle still has me ticking along. When the doctors said no, or we don't know, when they passed me off to this hospital or that hospital, when people doubted me or questioned if my pain was even real, when they gave me a life sentence, when I had no answers and no sense of direction, all I had to do was surrender myself to God and allow him to fight my fight for me. There is nothing too hard for God. As I was saying earlier, one thing for certain is as sure as I can speak and think clearly, walk unassisted, jump, or just wave my hand to say thank you. I am a walking miracle. If you want to see a miracle, just look around. You can look up, you can look down, then turn around and take a look at me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come thanking you for the miracle. I thank you for the birds, the trees, the oceans, the many marvels of your creation. I thank you, God, because even as I'm sitting here typing these words, I can look at my fingers moving freely and remember where you brought me from. I thank you, God, because the people that know me don't have to question my miracle, God, because you allowed me to go through it in the public eye. You allowed me to suffer for, for so many eyes to see, but being the God that you are, you raised me up in front of those people and showed your mercy, showed your power. God, I don't mind being your vessel to share through my story or just from my physical appearance who you are. God, I thank you. I thank you, God, because someone somewhere needed to hear my story, my testimony. Someone needed to know that through all their faults, you still are God. And there's always room at the table when we decide to come home. God, I come right now asking for your mercy. Your mercy because so many are suffering in silence. So many are going through what I went through, not only in this country, God, but you've allowed me to speak with people suffering worldwide. Someone is suffering today and can't get a friend or relative or not even a doctor to believe them. They don't see any other way to cope than to just make the pain stop for good. God, I ask that you speak to that mind of confusion. Speak to that mind and let them know there is a way. You are the way. You can clear that cloudy mind. I, don't, I know the numbers are alarming of the people suffering and deciding not to fight the fight. I stand in the circle for those people that don't know you or even the ones that do, but minds are so clouded they can't fathom reaching out. Someone can't form the words to cry out through the pain, but God, you know our hearts and minds. Speak for the ones that can't speak for themselves. Touch the ones that have alienated their loved ones, and there's no one there to help during their suffering. I come for these people diagnosed, and the ones still not diagnosed and just dealing with the confusion of many doctors that don't know what to do. God, please give me a way to reach these people. Let me be your voice here on earth. 
Let me give these people an ear to listen to them, a shoulder to cry on, an advocate to fight for them. I know it's not the fault of others that they don't understand, but God, I just ask that you give them the compassion to at least not downplay what they don't understand. God, I pray this prayer with tears in my eyes, realizing there's nothing compared to the private cries of many. God, I ask that you allow me to touch the many that my reach can't touch and that you travel through those arms like an electrical current and just keep reaching and reaching and reaching until all in need are touched. Give me the knowledge needed to educate, to lead, to expand on your miracle. I ask these things in your name, God, Yahweh, because I don't have, have to imagine the needs I know firsthand. Please, God, I'm begging you, help your people that don't see a way to help themselves. I know you as a loving, compassionate God, one that's all-knowing, and you know what your people need. I believe in you when I call this prayer answered and these things done. Thank you for your blessing, God. Amen.